This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gooners All back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Of course, with it being the 1st of December, it means we switch focuses from the Arsenal News Show to the Arsenal Transfer Show. Uh, we do that every single year ahead of both the summer and the uh, the winter, uh, which is what we're approaching, January transfer window as well. So, uh, get ready for plenty of Arsenal transfer updates, continuing what we've been doing every morning anyway, and of course, tackling all of your questions as well in part two, which we'll get to a little bit later. Good morning to everybody joining us, though. I hope you're doing good. hope you're doing well. Uh, a massive thank you to everybody that did their uh, their Spotify wrapped, I think it's called, in 2022. And thank you for everybody that sent in the tweets saying that TGT was part of their top five podcasts. Uh, a massive thank you to everybody that does listen. Uh, and continues to give really positive feedback and and leaving those five-star reviews. It means a lot, and it really does help out the channel. So thank you so much, everybody that has done that and sent in their kind tweets. Uh, I try to reply to as many of them as as I can. Um, good morning, people joining us in the chat box. Uh, see who we've got. Matt G, Rich Carney, Blackshine, PJ, Olu, Red Star. We've got Runs with Cows, Amira, Lee, Colin, Marcus. Good morning, guys. Yomi, uh, Temi. Paul and Stephen, good morning, everybody. I hope you're having a great week and you've enjoyed yourselves because it's Friday. Uh, so without further ado, let's kick on with today's stories. Uh, we start off with Arsenal's under-21, who unfortunately lost in their game against Sparta Prague at home. It should be said, to be fair, that um, it was we were unable to use some of the, uh, the players that potentially would have usually been involved in the game. This is because, of course, Arsenal will be travelling not only to Dubai, uh, at the end of this week on Sunday. But also, we're in action in a friendly this week against Watford. We're not 100% sure about when that uh, friendly will be taking. I did, as I say the other day, message the club to ask, and uh, they weren't giving out any information at all. Uh, however, it might be, uh, I assume, because it's not happened thus far, it could even be happening before they travel out to Dubai this weekend, if it indeed is agreed. But the lineup was interesting. We had Grashik, Robinson, or Monlu. Uh, Kezada Thorn, uh, Ibrahim, Henry Francis, Bandera, Taylor Hart, Idaho, and Vigar 
uh, on the bench, uh, we had Uladam Handu, who is the brother, of course, of Uladam Handu, went and joined Hull City on loan and featured in our loan show. And Ferdinand, who's a really exciting young player, actually coming through, he was on the bench. But no Nemanieri, no Miles Lewis Skelly, no Lino Souza, no Amario Koja Dubri. Uh, it could be that there's an expectation that these guys might indeed be part of the uh, the squads that goes to Dubai and plays in a potential friendly against Watford, if indeed that does go ahead. But uh, a disappointing loss in the group, but hopefully one they can bounce back from. They did beat Sparta Prague in the other fixture, so hopefully uh, it's not as bad as it seems. Now, William Saliba made his World Cup debut on what was a chaotic and crazy end to Group C and D. Did I say it was Friday? What have I said? It's Thursday, isn't it? Congratulations, it's Thursday. I don't know where my head's at. I'll tell you why I think it's Friday. It's because I've got a day off today, a day off tomorrow, a day off Saturday, Sunday and Monday. I'm starting a five period uh, of, of days off. So do forgive me. It feels like Friday to me because I've got five days off and I'm going to enjoy myself this weekend and have a weekend off. But uh, yeah, don't don't listen to my silliness. It's Thursday. I can guarantee you it's definitely Thursday now. But anyway, going back to the news, uh, William Saliba made his World Cup debut uh, in a chaotic end to Group C and D, which saw France progress through the group with, um, well, unfortunately not Tunisia. Uh, they tried their absolute heart. I say unfortunately, I'm very happy that Australia went through, but Tunisia, I'd enjoyed watching some of their their games. Lidouni, as I'd mentioned before, was an excellent midfielder in the first game in particular. And they pulled off a really famous victory against France. But it wasn't enough because Australia managed to knock out Denmark and win 1-0. Uh, and then, of course, in the other groups earlier on in the day, we witnessed what was and what has to be for me. I mean, when you consider what the World Cup is and you think of all the joys that comes through of watching teams get knocked out and go through, um, when you look at <laughs> when you look at Tunisia in particular, it's it's just it's just something about that team that I was desperate to go through. But Australia in particular, because we've got so many listeners that come from Australia, a massive congratulations to, to all of you. Um, it's, I'm so so glad um, that Australia managed to progress still, even though I was kind of banking on Tunisia going through and pulling off something special. But considering so many listeners come from Australia here, I'm very happy for you indeed. Mexico just missing out. Um, really, really unfortunate. When they got the two goals and Argentina went two up, I was so sure, of course, that Mexico was going to go through. But Argentina uh, will join Poland in the next round. So that means that Argentina, I believe, are playing against... Well, France are definitely playing against Australia. So I'm assuming that Argentina are playing potentially the winners of group, what was it, the next group? Is it uh, group F or E? I'm trying to work out how it works in the group stage. It's really difficult to try and work it out sometimes, but I'm pretty sure it might be group F and E. We have to work out uh, what happens. Or it's just the other way around because Poland play France. So surely that means Australia will play Argentina. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm really having a mess today. <laughs> I'm really going all weird today. I'm really happy for you, Australian fans, says Yomi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I am, I am happy for you, I swear. I swear I am happy. Anyway, uh, Ben White, unfortunately, has had to leave uh, the England camp due to personal reasons. This, this, um, this, I think, is one of those moments where you realise that uh, you can block and mute quite a lot of people on social media in these moments. Arsenal put out a statement saying that, uh, you know, that their thoughts are with uh, Ben White at the moment and that it's a personal thing and they're asking uh, to respect his privacy. 
I received upwards of 10 messages, uh, which doesn't seem a lot, but you consider, you know, I'm not exactly the biggest in the world of Arsenal journalism. So I dread to think what other journalists received. But double digits worth of messages and, and private messages asking me what's wrong with Ben White, what are the personal reasons. One, I don't know. <laughs> Two, respect the guy's privacy, guys. I mean, seriously, it's clearly something that's important and something that's uh, important enough that he's now left the England camp on his debut World Cup selection. I just can't quite get my head around why the desperation bleeds into people disrespecting someone's own personal privacy. I get we want to find out uh, why he's absent. I, I know that we're concerned, of course, that he might not be available for Arsenal, but there are things that are more important in life. So do respect the guy's privacy. Stop tweeting and asking people what it is. Stop sending me DMs and other people DMs asking what it is. We don't know because we're respecting his privacy. We're not doing any digging to try and find out what it is. And I'm sure that the information will come out in due course if it even needs to, which it probably doesn't. Um, so just leave him be. We wish him all the best and luck and hopefully everything turns out okay if indeed it can and uh, that he'll be back on the pitch very soon. Anyway, moving forwards. Uh, apparently, according to Ghanaian uh, media, uh, Thomas Partey is set to try and open the door for a potential Mohamed Kudos deal for Arsenal. The Ajax attacking midfielder has had a really good start to his World Cup, helping Ghana be in a position where they can go into their game against Uruguay and try and progress through to the next round of the World Cup and the knockout stages. Really exciting young player, can play in a number of attacking positions as well. Uh, it'd be intriguing if Arsenal did move for him, just because, of course, uh, their eyes are more set on kind of a more natural winger. We've got Vieira, we've got Smith-Rowe, we've got Odegaard. I'm not sure that Kudos is the player that Arsenal need to move for because we have those players. Similar to, as I said, talking about Carlos Soler yesterday, who is more of a reserved eight in terms of his position, but still more of an attacking uh, kind of midfielder in regards to what uh, other eights like Tielemans or Xhaka, I suppose, you'd want to bring into that conversation. And because we've got Smith-Rowe and Odegaard and Vieira, I don't necessarily think we need Soler. I don't think we necessarily need Kudos. I think we should be looking for a, more of a natural winger um, and looking, obviously, for someone who can bring the versatility to that forward line that we're after. But apparently, according to Ghanaian media, uh, Arsenal are one of the teams that will be looking to try and poach Kudos at the end of this, uh, the end of the World Cup in the January window, with the help, of course, his teammate Thomas Partey in conversations with him throughout the tournament. Uh, according to Italian media, Arsenal are set to join a list of clubs that include Chelsea that are trying to sign Ismail Benacer. Of course, the Algerian international was uh, a part of the Arsenal Academy and came through at Arsenal's Academy before leaving for Empoli. He then joined AC Milan from Empoli. Arsenal actually had an option of a buyback that they chose not to activate when he moved from Empoli to Milan. They allowed the deal to happen and got a percentage clause for a sell-on clause in his contract to Empoli that came through. But now, reportedly, Arsenal and Chelsea are looking to try and bring Benacer back to the Premier League. Uh, he's also not the only Milan player that Arsenal are said to be after because also Rafael Liao has been mentioned in the list of players that Arsenal are looking to try and sign, maybe in January, more likely in the summer in the regards to Liao, who's got a, 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 not a long contract, but through to 2024, and he's struggling to agree a new one. However, he did come out and publicly said that he had co uh, good conversations with Paolo Maldini about uh, signing a new deal. So that could scupper any of Arsenal's plans to try and sign the Portuguese international, who is certainly up there with one of my top picks 
to be who Arsenal might sign this next upcoming summer transfer window. And that brings an end to part one and all of the new stories to cover. So we're going to go to part two and your questions right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, I need to screw my head on a little bit tighter because clearly I'm not with it this morning. Getting days wrong, getting uh, can't work out who's going through in the competition, forgetting which fixtures are going on. Let's just let's just kind of take a breath and try and get ourselves all composed. Anyway, today's games in the World Cup: we've got Croatia against Belgium and Canada against Mon- uh, Morocco. Of course, Canada are already out of the World Cup, unfortunately. Uh, Morocco can still go through with Belgium and Croatia playing one another. Really exciting game. That. In fact, if we have a quick look at Group F, Croatia lead the way of four points. Morocco on four points. If Morocco beat Canada, they will go through. So that's a really important game. Uh, there's no way that Morocco can be knocked out if they manage to win their game. If Croatia beat Belgium, Morocco will also go through. Uh, however, if Belgium managed to get a draw against uh, against Croatia, and then we see Canada somehow get a significant number of goals, I think they have to win by three or four, they can then knock Morocco out. So Belgium know if they win, they qualify. Morocco know if they win, they qualify. Croatia know if they win uh, or draw, they qualify. So that's all open in that group. And we've also got uh, Group G being resolved today as well. Serbia playing against Switzerland. That's the big game to decide who goes through in uh, part two. And Brazil against Cameroon as well. Cameroon did open themselves up to a potential progression, um, but it's going to take quite a lot. They're going to have to rely, I think, on a draw between Switzerland and Serbia. And they are then going to need to score at least two or win by at least two goals against Brazil to go through. Uh, It's going to be very difficult. Although, to be fair, if Serbia win and Cameroon win by a better scoreline or the same scoreline, they would also go through in second place as well. So it's still very open in both groups F and G today. Uh, Looking forward to seeing uh, what's going on. Apparently someone said that's tomorrow. Please don't say I've got that wrong as well. It's definitely not tomorrow. It is tomorrow. What am I talking about? It's Japan, Spain. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a day. Oh, someone, someone bring me something cold and icy because I can't do this today. <laughs> I'm really just not in a state of mind. Japan, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, people, is what the games are today. <laughs> Let's talk about them. Japan, Spain, uh, of course, and Costa Rica, Germany, another really open group. Um, no one's giving me a job after this, I tell you. Uh, Spain are top in the group with four points. Japan on three, Costa Rica on three, Germany on one. 
And that means, of course, if Spain managed to beat Japan, they'll go through. I'll tell you what, all I can do is I can clip that bit from yesterday and just play it in tomorrow's show. Uh, if Spain beat Japan, of course, they'll go through. If Japan beat Spain, they will go through. Uh, and Costa Rica could knock out Spain if Japan beat Spain and Costa Rica beat Germany. Uh, Germany, though, know that if they beat Costa Rica and Spain win, they can also go through. Right, I'm not talking about the World Cup anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm going to take your questions now in the chat box. If I answer them correctly, we can say that I've been healed because clearly something in my brain's going wrong this morning. Anyway, Peeny Ween, welcome back to the chat box. It's been a while since I've seen you there. Uh, am I the only one who wants the World Cup to end so I can care about football again? I'm sure you're not the only one at all. Uh, Jason says, with Juventus being in a financial mess, should Arsenal raid them and pick off Vlaovic on the cheap? I actually wrote about this uh, yesterday. Believe it or not, I can write and talk about football. It, it does exist. I can successfully do it. Um, should Arsenal go and raid them for Vlaovic? No, I think if anyone, we go for Locatelli. That needs to be the player that Arsenal should be going to try and sign. Uh, Matt Tomo says, what's the best second sport? Um, I like a lot of other sports. Uh, tennis, uh, I play a bit of badminton. Um, I have done, I haven't played in a while, to be fair. Uh, futsal, which is very close to football, obviously. Uh, Formula One, very into Formula One. That's probably my second sport of all of them, except I can't drive a Formula One car. I can, I've gone karting plenty of times, but it's a very expensive sport if you want to get involved in it. But uh, yeah, uh, and golf, I've been trying to get into a bit more of golf. Uh, I've I only just bought a set of, well, not bought, I was gifted a set of clubs. And uh, Christmas involved a lot of golf clothing, um, not the, uh, the tartan polo shirts, but couple of jackets uh, to go out and try and get involved in some golf to get more exercise going. In fact, I'm trying to start. Uh, I used to be really good at doing 5Ks uh, every, not every morning, but like two or three times a week. And now I'm trying to get into doing a mile a day, which I know is nowhere near 5K. But I feel like if I do a mile a day, it adds up to about 10K, which is what I was doing anyway. And it gets exercise every single day. So I'm trying to gonna do a mile a day is the aim. Whether that happens, we'll wait and see. Um Let's LJ says, please, guys. His name is pronounced Kudus, uh, not Kudos. It's frustrating to hear Ghanaian names which aren't miss, which are hard, which aren't hard, uh, mispronounced. Uh, yeah, I, I always thought it was Kudus, uh, Kudus, uh, because of the U at the end. But when I was listening to the commentary of the World Cup, they were saying Kudos. Um, that's why I changed it because I assumed that they did the relevant research. So thank you, LJ, uh, for correcting that terminology. Also, did you see the um, the interview with Tyler Adams, where I would assume it was an Iranian-based uh, Iranian, I should say, based journey journalist saying to Tyler Adams about the pronunciation of Iran, and then asking him about representing the United States. I thought Tyler Adams handled that question really well. First of all, apologised for mispronunciation. Take up, you know, I, I reckon there's a fair few people if corrected on their pronunciation, they probably wouldn't apologise for that and be like, "Does it really matter?" Tell you what, it kind of does. You know, I'd really try and listen to what people say in the chat box about um, pronunciations um, and and take it on board. So, if someone corrects your pronunciation of of a name, especially if it's kind of from a different culture to yours, definitely take the time to try and change the way you're pronouncing something so kudus um of, of ghana and iran of course uh, i thought that tyler adams handled the question really well though in the following answer um it is all about progression uh someone who is from the united states cannot be held accountable you know for all the actions of, of the united states government it's about progression it's about how they are as an individual the same as you know i've been very critical of the qatar world cup but someone who is qatari 
personally cannot be held responsible for you know the laws of a nation so i think at the end of the day it's always about progression and being more open-minded and more accepting of people and their lives so uh and you know especially things that can't be controlled like your sexuality anyway uh manu says uh, do you know if we were ever in for onana he has only played a handful of games for the us uh for us rather uh being uh <laughs> for us not the us uh, of course amadou onana of everton he's already key to our play uh we were interested in fact we spoke to sasha tavalieri who is a belgian football journalist on the channel in the summer he named arsenal as a number of uh, one of a number of teams including west ham that were interested in Anana, but eventually it was Everton that stumped up the money and got their hands on the Belgian midfielder. But yeah, Arsenal certainly were uh, there as well. Uh, let's go to Ben Nick says, late to the party, but morning, everyone. Ben, you've done yourself a favour, I'm going to be honest, in being late to this one because I have had an absolute mare this morning. <laughs> I've got stories wrong. I've got groups wrong, fixtures wrong. You know, it's just been a really hell of a morning, to be honest. I could really appreciate people dropping a like on the video, even in just irony. Just like the video in irony. I think that's the best way to approach this one. Um, Amira says, we should be keeping tabs on Tyler Adams for his leadership, hardworking, he's humble, and he's an Arsenal fan. Uh, I do think that maybe the boat has sailed a bit, you know, with Tyler Adams moving to Leeds. I think that Arsenal aren't really going to be pushing to try and sign him from there uh, anymore. But he moved for a really accessible figure uh, and I think maybe that's one that we might have missed out on um but I'm not sure that we'd move now for him he's got a longer term contract at another Premier League club uh, Ritian says the save from Chesney that was made was brilliant and it actually it means a lot because if he hadn't have saved that penalty it could have been a high school line for Argentina and that could have knocked out Poland so yeah it was an absolutely brilliant save having the tournament of his life is Jezny. Uh When is the transfer open? January 1st, Reese. Uh, Marcus says, log off and start again at 8.30 and change the name to the 8.30 show. That might be the only way that we solve this problem. But no, we're going to muddle through and anyone listening back to this on Catch Up and on audio platforms as well are going to have to suffer through the mistakes and the chaos of this morning. Um, Joel says, I've loved all the fake news, to be honest, Tom. It proves that you're human after all. <laughs> Just providing all the news that doesn't even it doesn't even exist because it's talking about news that hasn't even happened uh akbar says so far out of the big six our players have played the least amount of minutes uh yes i did see this my good friend ben browning uh posted that uh on his twitter feed definitely worth a follow if you aren't following ben uh let me find it uh man city have played 2327 minutes Man United's players have played 1,790 minutes. Spurs have played 1,624 minutes. Chelsea have played 1,489 minutes. Liverpool have played 771 minutes. And Arsenal have played just 612 minutes of football. Really good. Really, really positive that, actually, that we are, at the moment, avoiding as much as possible uh, how much football is being played. Either that'll be really good because it means our players are well-rested going into the second phase of the, uh, the Premier League, or... It could stutter their momentum because they're not playing as regularly. They haven't been able to play for an you know, extended period of time. That could be a problem. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it and we will see the impact of no games on some of these players or less games and less minutes on some of these players when we play in some of these friendlies. But it might even have to wait until Boxing Day in West Ham to see how some of the players react to their World Cup campaigns. Um, let's go, says, uh, Marcus says, says, if you're getting it all wrong, does that mean that Bailey is right about our, no, 
No, I could get everything wrong and Bailey would still be wrong about Hussein Awa. I can tell you that for sure. Um, Spag says, hey, Tom, have you heard or seen of Harry Souter? Uh, the Australian centre-back plays for Stoke. There's talk of him getting Premier League offers for his World Cup performances. I hadn't really heard of him much. Uh, I know that he's kind of keeping Harry Clark, who is on loan from Arsenal at Stoke, a bit out of the team. Uh, he's been brilliant for Australia. But as I have said a number of times, do not allow World Cup performances as an individual measuring pole change your view or make you want a player more. It shouldn't. It should. You should be looking at players amongst the whole of kind of their career, their last couple of years, or at least a full season. The World Cup's really disingenuous in representing players. They're playing different systems with different teams, uh, rather players from different teams. It's, yeah, it's always something I try and avoid doing is jumping on the back of a World Cup trend because of someone's having a good competition. So uh, I wouldn't go for Harry Suter, but I think he's been absolutely excellent, which he certainly deserves credit for. Um, Clearway Day says, love the show and you deserve a break. 10 out of 10. Well, I'll be taking a break on Saturday and Sunday. That said, I'm going to try and pre-record something for you so you still have something on Saturday. But Sunday, there will be uh, no show. Uh, But Saturday morning, I'm hopefully going to pre-record something for you. So you've got that to come uh, on the channel as well. Uh, TJ asks, Tommy's missed games. Ben White has gone home and Saliba is the fifth or sixth choice. Our defence could be impacted. It could be impacted in terms of not playing that much. But to be honest, there is also the positive of them being rested and they will be well rested. That said, we don't know what kind of uh, mental state Ben White will return in or how long he might not be available for. Hopefully everything's okay. William Saliba... I imagine will be fine, still not playing, and that will frustrate him, I guess, not playing. And I, I did write a piece around the idea of being worried that if he's not getting minutes for France, will he start worrying that if he's not playing for your Bayern Munichs, that Upper Meccano is, or you know, even that? I mean, Man United's Rafael Varane is playing, but it's Rafael Varane, and he's got that pedigree from Real Madrid. Will he worry that playing for Arsenal won't guarantee him a start? I don't think he necessarily needs to worry about that too much. I think by 2026 or even 2020. Four with the next Euros, I think he'll be a starter for France without too much of a problem. Um, Peter says, which commentator during or after a match is the most annoying to you? Um, it's never nice to be saying that people are annoying. However, I don't particularly enjoy listening to Jermaine Genius and co-commentary, mainly because of the Spurs side of things. And I really struggled with Danny Murphy yesterday uh, in the Argentina game. I really did struggle. There was a really bad tackle from Rodrigo de Paul. He got the the ball first, but then he went two-footed. I can't remember the player it was he took out, but he got the ball and then went two-footed in on a player. And obviously, uh, I think it was Michael Oliver that was refereeing, uh, said that it... Oh, no, it was. I think Michael Oliver was refereeing the Mexico game. He was definitely refereeing yesterday, but the referee, whoever it was, um, blew for a free quick, free, free quick. Oh my goodness, free kick! And uh, Danny Murphy was like, "Great tackle, that." I was like, "What do you want? What do you mean, great tackle? Like, <laughs> he's just taken him out, and he's got followed through on the player. It wasn't a great tackle. I don't know how many times it's going to take for players to get injured before the old school, you know, turn around and say, you know what? There's a reason why tackling, um." is being more punished these days. And it's not because the game's got softer. It's not because the players can't handle it anymore. It's because the injuries that came from really bad tackles have now are being discouraged by these, you know, referees making these tackles that you would assume because, oh, they got the ball and that's all that matters. No, if a player is out of control, but they get the ball and follow through on the player, it's still a foul. 
getting the ball does not define a good tackle. It's just not what it is. And if you endanger a player by being out of control in your tackle, whether you get the, the ball or not, it's worthy of a free kick. And it could, in some cases, be worthy of a yellow or even a red card. So, yeah, Danny Murphy is just that classic um, denier of modern footballing rules and wants it to go back to what it was. Um, yeah, very, very uh, <laughs> old-fashioned. Uh, couldn't stand it. And the, the long pauses between some of the, the terminology in, in what he says, <laughs> I can't handle it. It's like, that was long pause. A really long pause. Good tackle. And I'm like, get the words out, man. Like, I mean, at least I know getting them out properly, sure. And I, I need certainly to improve on that. But what's with the long pauses? We've only got 90 minutes in the game and we've spent 30 of them trying to listen to why he thought it was a really good tackle when it wasn't. Anyway, I'm going off on a rant now. Uh, Billy says, asked my friend a question yesterday and he thought I was mad. He's a United fan. Would you rather Arsenal win the Premier League and Champions League next year or the next Euros? Absolutely Arsenal win the Premier League and the Champions League. Honestly, I... I honestly couldn't give a flying you-know-what about England winning whatever if Arsenal win something. Arsenal, to me, is just above and beyond international football. Like It's, it's not even comparable to me. If England win something, I'm happy. I am an England fan, you know, but I'm an England fan to this extent. I'm an Arsenal fan, like, you know, off-the-scale Arsenal, but... Yeah, watching Harry Kane lift the trophy, even though I'm an England fan, there's something in me that just will cry at that, you know, because <laughs> I really don't want him lifting silverware. It's not with Spurs, and maybe that will, uh, you know, help him to move on from Spurs one day, maybe. But I just have no interest, really, in, in seeing that happen, uh, seeing him lift the trophy. I'd be very happy that England won, because I'm an England fan, but there's something really conflicting about supporting your country when a lot of the players that play for your country, you really cannot stand and you really do despise because they play for Spurs or Chelsea or United. It's really, it's really difficult. Um, but I am an England fan and so I do want them to win, but it is a very, it, it's an internal conflict that happens every single time there's an international tournament. Friendlies and Nations League and things like that, I just don't bother with. I really don't. It's really difficult to get involved with friendlies on the England international level. I'm just kind of sitting with my fingers crossed that Arsenal players don't get injured. That's that's where I'm kind of at with this one. Uh, Rule says, I guess that's how the players feel also. That's why England will not win anything. Country is always second to the clubs. Um, ben says, I'm sure the semis and finals of the World Cup will be great, but I can't wait for the season to begin again. Absolutely. Matt says, let's say that Southgate is fired tomorrow. What's your England starting 11 for the knockout round? Ramsdale in goal, because I just don't trust Pickford. Um, if Ben White had been there, it would have been Ben White. Not because I'm biased, because I just think it would have worked so much better with uh, with Bakaya Saka. But it's going to have to be Kyle Walker. Um, Right-sided centre-back would be Stones. Left-sided centre-back would be Tamori, but he's not there. So it's going to have to be Mr Maguire. Uh, Luke Shaw, left back. That said, Maguire's been okay. Uh, you know, give credit where it's due, I suppose. Uh, Rice, Bellingham, Foden as the midfield three. Saka on the right. Rashford on the left, because both of them have been really good this tournament. And obviously, Mr. Kane through the middle. So that's that's the team that I would go for. Uh, Black Kids says, uh, happy that Rashford is doing well for England, but hope he dips in form when the league starts again. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Uh, Sasha says, uh, Arsenal's training camp in Dubai will allow Edu and Arteta to look at potential targets in person. Uh, it could do. Uh, Peter says, uh, what was Erdegaard being interviewed about at the Emirates yesterday? I saw him on the pitch being interviewed while I was at the stadium tour. 
I don't know, Peter. That's completely new news to me. Did you get any pictures? If you did, please send them to me. Uh, I didn't even know that had happened. So that's interesting. Maybe it's just a feature for the tour for the Premier League restarting. Um, I don't think it would be on a new contract. I'm trying to think if I've heard anything about the new contract for Odegaard, but no, all the focus has been elsewhere. Who knows? Maybe maybe it was. Uh, but if you've got any little snaps, Peter, send them my way. Uh, anyway, we're going to end the show there. This incredibly disjointed, dysfunctional and rather silly show that I've managed to mess up on so many occasions. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, I apologise for messing up the World Cup. Apologise for messing up what day of the week it was. It's been a very long period of time, and I need these five days off to recharge, to get my energy back, to get my focus back. We've made it to the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. I promise that tomorrow's morning show will be a great improvement on today's chaotic mess. Uh, and of course, on Saturday, uh, I'll have a pre-recorded show for you going out at 8 a.m. Uh, and then the normal show will return on Monday. But as an Arsenal transfer show goes, you know, it's been chaos. It's been absolute chaos. But you guys have stuck with me, so I appreciate it. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed yourselves, even if you haven't. Leave a comment down below on anything that we've discussed today. Uh, what I would say is that I've been, I do question people that leave comments in the sense that they'll leave a comment and I'll ask why they think that or could you explain that further? Because, you know, some people leave comments like uh, Gakpo's overpriced or Mudrik is rubbish and I'll ask why. And I very rarely get a response. And it is frustrating because I want to know why you think those things. If you think Mudrik is rubbish, fine. But tell me why, people. Like, there's a reason why I comment saying why. And very rarely do I get the people answering back as to why they actually think what they think. Um, which can be frustrating because I'd, I'd hope that you'd be able to like explain the position that you hold on somebody. But yeah, do let us know if you've got any comments or questions. Leave them down below. Uh, other than that, I'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early, as always, with a much more conscious uh, fluent and coherent episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Have a fantastic Thursday and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.